pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure, are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Okay, so I know we need to do more exercising, but I tell, I tell you what, at what are we, 9,000 feet right now, 10,000, may as well be 14,000. There's not a, enough green We're juice. podcasting from Everest. In the, in the world to drink. I have trouble breathing while forest bathing and hiking these mountains <laughs> that you're choosing for us to hike up. Oh, maybe you should um, manifest some oxygen. How about a lighter backpack? <laughs> that would be the first no, thing No, you to have to carry all my stuff. It was so hard. You have to carry my cookies to the top of the mountain. <laughs> that was a big bag. Oh, it was it was beautiful, but worth it though. I have oh to say, my. worth it. Totally worth yeah. it. You're a soldier, though. Well, I didn't have your pack either. So. No, but you. But thank you for waiting for me. You're welcome. <laughs> You're so sweet. I mean, it was it was it had to be some kind of um, virtual reality. I mean, it was like a. What did we say? You know, people. Oh, like a simulation. A simulation. I mean, people that you don't think ever would hike are running past us. <laughs> I, it had to be the weight in the pack. Okay. That's maybe we, maybe we were hallucinating. You know, people do that when they when they're oxygen deprived. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there was no one there. Um, maybe um, we weren't there. Maybe we're not even doing this podcast right now. Just one big dream. <laughs> It's a fever dream. Well, you know, I love the hiking up here. We're in uh, the Rockies up in Colorado. and But it's it's worth it, the prize of getting to the destination and the long vista, the views, and the, the high, high alpine lakes, all of that. Mm, worth yes. it. Oh, yeah. But my goodness. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'm still I'm, not over it. <laughs> I'm rarely more confused after the podcast begins, but that's... It's sort of happening right now. <laughs> what have you been up to other than oh, the hiking? Hiking has been so fun. And, you know, laptop work is is uh, really fun when you, when you do it like we do it, I have to say. You know, we really purpose to do it outside as much as possible in different locations, remote locations. You know, we have the hotspot on the phone. Um, I just think it's such a wonderful thing to be able to, you know, do the stuff that that you have to do every day, the have tos. But there is no way I'm going to carry your laptop oh, up man. to the top of a mountain while Darn you lay it. in the hammock and do your laptop. I thought I work. painted the picture though well, so you, well. <laughs> I, I almost took the bait. Oh, <laughs> speaking of hammocks, a, a picture recently went viral. Um, this man um, took one of those little tiny, uh, you know, what are they called? Like the really compact hammocks. I don't know of what type of hammock that's called, mm. but you can put it in your backpack. It's really tiny, but he took one with him. And when his flight was delayed at LAX, he hung it from a couple poles in the terminal. Now that's a great idea. I thought it was genius. I'm, I'm amazed that they let him do that. I well, feel like many, someone would stop me. How many people do you see in the airport that are, they're, they're laying on the down on that dirty carpet? Yeah. And and you see that, or they're just sitting there, yeah. And there are all these chairs available. I know. Well, that? now I have to. I have to say, I have to sit. When I sit in the chairs, I have to have my suitcase under my feet, or it's very uncomfortable. So, as a tall person, you wouldn't think about that, but you have to put your feet up on something, otherwise, it cuts off the circulation to your leg. But I still don't think you would rather sit on the floor. If I didn't have yeah. something to put my feet really? on, I would. Really? Oh yeah. Well. Let's see. Well, we're talk. learning so many I things. I want to talk about something well, that's mostly hidden by the way people typically think about things, and I it's have, not sitting in the airport. I have a surprise um, kinetic belief question for you this morning before we get into anything that you've prepared. I've never done this before. It's very exciting. Okay, so 
hit me. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, just, it doesn't have to, I just want, I want some advice from you. Okay. Sure. So um, when, when someone has gone through a really tough spell in life, um, things have been really hard, you know, and they've had to work overtime at their kinetic belief to stay positive and to keep the right mindset. Um, and then all of a sudden things manifest and they're going really well. Everything's great. It's sunshine and roses. It's just amazing. But there's this nagging feeling that it's all going to go away. And it makes it difficult to enjoy the present moment. It makes it difficult to enjoy the fruits of all your manifesting labor. Because there's this little sensation in the back of your mind that says, well, remember how bad it was six months ago? Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to mess this up. It's too good to be true. What do we tell ourselves in, the, in our inner dialogue? Well, you just answered your own question and I made didn't. my job really easy. You nah. said, yeah, you, you recognized because you were observing the ego. You recognized the little question in the back of your mind that's, that's or questioning, is this going to last? Is yeah. this going to go away? As an observer of the ego, you knew exactly what to do to cast down that negative imagination. Mm. And that's it. To cast it down, just to say no, like to speak to it and say, get out of here. No, I I refuse to believe that this is coming into my life. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Is that what you mean? The ego has asked you to tango. <laughs> and you go, no, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm fine. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. Okay. That's wonderful. It's only wonderful. difficult when we want to tango. Yeah. And, no, that's true. Right. Well, and you know, what made me think of it too is when we were hiking, we, you and I have talked before about the, uh, the grizzly effect and how if you hike or you're outside in an area where there are a lot of bears or moose or some sort of specific animal, it's on your mind and, and it can be difficult to even enjoy your time outside. And so I thought that was a, it kind of made me think of that. Perfect example. And by the way, should you ever be approached by a bear, and let's say you defend yourself and use bear spray and the bear leaves, don't stay around. <laughs> don't keep hiking. Don't keep hiking and don't keep camping. Don't climb back into the tent. This happened recently. And, no. and a woman, she they ran the bear off and she and the, some of those that, she, that were with her went on to a hotel and she said, no, I'm going to stay here. And the bear came back. Well, and, and there it didn't been, work out very well. There have been many stories about um, bears have a, a vengeful streak. Right. They actually do. I well, mean, they'll kind of come back for The bear it. came back and mauled her. Oh, my goodness. Is Angry. she alive? No. She's alive. Oh. No. So, oh, no. Oh, but, oh no. So, yeah, the, the grizzly effect. But I do I do want to talk about that's something. Good. That's, that's good advice. That, that is Thank good you. advice. That really sure. is. Um, because I think I think that's a big part of being a kinetic believer is is coming when you finally come into the light and life is so good and you finally reach that that pinnacle of where you can sort of, you know, keep cruising. Um, it's amazing how the old ways try to try to pull you back in. Mm. Thank you. I think you. that you are somehow Outside of the 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 laws of chance, mm. um, not good. Well, I do want to talk about for the third time. I'm going to get here. I want to talk about something that's mostly it's <laughs> hidden by the way people typically think about things. Just like with the bear, you know, and the 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 habitual way of thinking probably put this woman mm. into uh, a very uh, not a good situation. Mm. And it's something that's going to be necessary, I think, for any of us to uh, continuously enjoy the extravagant life. You know, like you're talking about, you know, rather than having 
all these ups and downs. You know, like I've got everything working right. Everything's going great. I'm having this wonderful time. Life is wonderful and bliss. And then, bang, the unexpected shows up. And you're wrestling with, with uh, the grizzly effect or negative things sure. again. Yeah. So how do we avoid that? It's, it's a... And it really comes down, Maggie, to a certain perspective that most people, they just don't have. And it's it's the incorrect perspective for living. And uh, few people have it. And what it is, is that a person that's operating from a higher plane of perspective, an awakened one, let's say, mm-hmm. is someone that's a, has understanding. They've got the awareness that the... The physical death of a body is just an illusion. It's not death. So the physical around us is really an illusion. It's not the real thing. But we, so many go through life looking at what they can see and touch and feel and hear as being the real thing. And that's an improper perspective. And so we slip in and out of the higher plane of, of perspective and going into the ego where we want to wrestle with other egos. And I don't want to confuse what I'm about to say with religious traditions, by the way, because it's so easy to do that. Even so, I will say that most of the world's religions acknowledge an afterlife as a reality, right? Yes. I mean, they function in ways that acknowledge that our self-awareness continues after a physical death. There is a common belief in quantum mechanics that's called infinite worlds. And it essentially says that every possible world and every possible past and future has, uh, does, and will exist on a quantum level. (laughs) So I got to worry about (laughs) my other worlds now. (laughs) Or maybe you don't have to worry about them. Ah, maybe what we're about to examine and uncover is that because all things are possible, we don't need to worry about the all things. Okay. Only the one thing. Got it. So, but there, there's a state. There's a statement in the Bible that says there is nothing new under the sun. Okay, that just means that all things have always been. Well, in quantum theory, there could be an identical version of, let's say, one of our listeners listening to this podcast right now, exactly where they are. And the only difference being that one is eating a slice of pizza. And there's another version of a person that's listening that's eating a seaweed salad. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which is highly unlikely in my case. What happens? But there's that version. Whatever you can think of or imagine, and even more... All of those possible scenarios actually exist in the many worlds theory of quantum mechanics. So if a, if a conscious death were an option, so is conscious life. Mm. And in this one or more worlds existence, our consciousness survives no matter what. And so in the solution of all things now being possible the observer is in a state of what's called superposition in quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. So you and I, everyone, we're always maintaining this position of superposition, which just means that every human being must live by a matter of quantum necessity. Otherwise, we'd fall out of superposition, which is a contradiction to the many worlds theory of quantum mechanics. 
So no matter so no matter the number of possibilities of experimenting with outcomes, the seaweed salad, the pizza, the nothing, the the overweight, the underweight, the strong, the weak, whatever it is, it, it's physically necessary that the spirit of awareness, the spirit of life survives. It's going to survive, which suggests then that we all have quantum immortality. We all have every single living human being has eternal life, according to the superposition of quantum mechanics. So are you saying that this, that sort of spark of life that's within each of us, that it's just attaching itself to different outcomes as we choose it as we're going through life? That's correct. The, the, the superposition of you that eternally exists is real. Mm-hmm. There is not a definitive opposite. So that is a possibility. Not only is it the possibility, but it is a, a fact now. Well, and what I'm and what's what's sticking out the most to me is just that the when something is a possibility that it's out there as if it's, it's as if it's a fruit hanging off of a tree. Um, it's it's there to be chosen, and and so I think that really helps with our belief, right? You know, when we think of something that we desire, hearts desire something we want to see happen within our lifetime, um, that it's there to be. Uh, sort of grabbed instead of just thought of in this ethereal wish wishful way it is a reality it's a reality it already, it's tangible it already exists yeah. whatever you can think of or imagine already exists it's not something that you you're going to have to create unless yeah. unless you have disbelief in its existence mm. Mm. so also showing the power our power of of doubtful doubtfulness of disbelief or and which which really is in turn just an avoidance of what already is mm. so what we're talking about is the spirit of human beings the spirit of a human being never dies and i don't care who they were when they were born it doesn't matter what they did what they did not do with their natural experience the spirit will never ever cease to exist and that is a fact so when I say that consciousness will never die, I'm actually using the natural definition of the word death because the physical natural explanation of death is to just cease to exist. And that is not the definition of conscious death, not at all, because in reality, in a universe that's governed by quantum laws of superposition, you can't cause consciousness to cease to exist. It, this is not true for the lower state of awareness now, which is not is not consciousness. It's ego, which survives only by relating to the five senses. The entire spiritual world of higher consciousness is a non-ending creation. Now, so a spirit of intention, or let's just say one with bias, you could say God created all matter. There is a blueprint for every form, and that blueprint, it's upheld by the power of the kinetic energy, upheld by the expectations of belief, beliefs that, that don't change, upholds the mass of a thing. So the enlightened person, or those that transcend the natural state of observation, they do so in spirit and in an openness to eternal truths. Well, in quantum mechanics, it's believed that the bias of an observer before the Big Bang, a spirit created all material. In other words, 
All that can be seen came from the expectations and from that which cannot be seen. Now, for the unawakened human being, for the person that's getting up every day, going, uh, following the habits of worry and doubt and fear and being manipulated by the material that can be seen in the universe, it's more real than the architectural spirit that creates to that person. And then life is difficult for that person. Life is it's hard for those whose egos wrestle with every other ego that comes along. It's difficult. But the spiritual world is the real world. And this world that, we're, that you can see, the empirical world, is an expression of that world. This world was created by that world. That world existed without beginning, and it will continue to exist without end. There is, as a matter of fact, a non-beginning, non-ending spirit with a purpose, one with a desire, one with an imagination, one with the expectations of gratitude, one with an unconditional love for its own bias. And the power of the kinetic energy of its beliefs created all things, formed all things as they were intended to be. Now then, the human spirit will live either in alignment, which is agreement, with the creative spirit throughout eternity, or in alignment with the negative force of decay throughout eternity. In exactly the same way that the universe responds to God believing something first and then seeing it manifest second, a human being develops their ideas first, then they believe something first, and then they see it manifest second. Each person's beliefs in a universe that operates on the superposition of all things being possible manifests a life of each person's expectations. So here we are, you and me, all of us, like it or not, the you that's running around listening to what Megan and I are talking about or not running around and not listening, every point of light, every human being has within them a spirit that cannot die. You will not cease to exist in this universe, not in the way things were designed to work. It's impossible. But there is a vital essence to all of our existence that can only be true in the present tense moment of right now, and that is that our higher being is contended with a limited number of physical choices. And these choices are revealed as these patterns that are presented by the five natural senses. And for the unawakened person... Those who are controlled by their emotions, the sensual demands of worry and doubt and fear, has a result of a person's beliefs being tossed around, and they're just they're what we call double-minded. And so ideals which are imaginations are unattached by all of these cognitive reasonings, and they're made to no effect. So the unawakened person is a victim to circumstances of life. They are the bullied, they are the depressed, the angry, they are the confused and the conceited. They don't like other people, and they condemn and they judge and they belittle and manipulate the world around them. It's a hard life, and it's a tough, tough existence. Somebody needs to be translated or transplanted into the fertile soil of the abundant life, and there is a way to do that, and it doesn't have to be done to you. Anybody that struggles with a lower state of being, that I just described, can transcend out of the, the quicksand of misery. Wow. You know, the answers you're giving us are really powerful. Um, but I'm also finding that the initial question that you posed to be very powerful as well, one that I don't know if I've ever posed, you know, sort of uh, the, the 
what came first, the chicken or the egg, but um, having to do with spiritual versus physical. And I, I think it's really, really going to be empowering as we um, sort of synthesize all this information as we go through our day and we get to, to you know, approach our de- heart's desires in a way that reflects that of how the universe truly began. And it began with spirit. And every, and now we get to carry that in our pocket with us. Everything begins with spirit. And knowing that, um, well, it's, it's not just empowering, it's truthful. You know, it allows us to center ourselves in the truth of a thing, in the truth of how everything really is working, um, in the truth of our not just current state, but but what's going to carry us through, you know, the, the spirit of us that will survive and transcend uh, all things for all time. Yeah. You know, the key, the key is the perspective. Yeah. The key is yes. to meditate on the perspective of spirit then, isn't it? Yes. Because we want to upend the way we think about things. Well, and you know, we have, you know, you, t- you talked about the five senses, for example, um, the five senses that are constantly attempting to overwhelm us and, and trick us into thinking that the reality of the, of the physical is the true reality. Um, but we need to start connecting to, sen- to the, oh, the senses of the spirit, if you will. Um, you know, what are the things that are happening within our spirit that we can meditate on and cling to and become hyper aware of so that that becomes the true reality so that that feels, you know, our, the spirit, uh, experience should feel more real to the kinetic believer as we go forward than the physical. And the only way to do that is to meditate on perspective because the default of this life is natural. The default is the five senses. And so without effort, without work, without, without, um, becoming into the present tense moment of awareness, then, then (laughs) it becomes impossible. It takes work. It takes journaling. And you know, it takes conversation. Recently I I overheard a conversation, uh, a spiritual conversation, and there were a few people sitting around and and one person said, you guys had this conversation last time. And I had to laugh, and I, and I thought, well, of course we had this conversation last time. Do you know how many repetitive conversations it takes to retrain your physical mind to transcend this planet? Yeah. You know, I mean, it just made me laugh, though, because, I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, how many conversations have we had where, um, you know, the whole point of the conversation is to stir it up, to stir up the knowledge, to stir up the, the mindset, and it's that's required. Actually, that's actually hilarious because, and this happened the other day, we sat down at a picnic table out behind a little restaurant up in the, the mountains where we are. And it was a, a group of, of people that we saw a year ago at that same picnic table. And we <laughs> yes. sat down. and, and So mixed, it is a simulation. <laughs> and we're having the conversation about the results of an experiment at CERN in Geneva at the Particle Collider. And one of them said, we talked about this last year, didn't we? <laughs> and we were what was funny well, too is like too, what probably. was funny is like one one person remembered and the other person said i wasn't even in the county yeah, right. <laughs> like, but it did make me laugh because as kinetic believers you know don't and this is something i kind of had just a side note here i had kind of had to get over this in my early days of kinetic belief like oh, i already know this why do i have to learn this again but it's really not learning it again it's um it's you know reinforcing it reinforcing it we're constantly having to uh, work on our programming and the conversation is the most powerful way to do that that's why i just i just love the podcast 
conversation, we stir it up, don't we? Yeah. Yes. More than learn, you know, there there is there is the the ability to to discern and to receive and to become something different through the listening of it. But it's the stirring up of what's already in the subconscious. Yeah. We're created with this information, but by having conversations about it, we continue to stir it up and therefore meditate on the higher point of existence yeah. and the higher point of reasoning. Well, and it's energy, right? Like you can feel it. You're exchanging energy of, of excitement and positivity. And and again, that word reinforcement keeps coming to mind. That's that's what's at play. We become like that duck shaking the water off its back or a dog. Mm. You're getting all that stuff off of you by stirring it up. Absolutely. But every single desire that we have is either rooted in the abundant source of life, of the acceptance of the original self of creation of each other, or, or it's rooted in the diminishing decay of the ego that is at war with just about everything that there is. Mm. It's a contradiction. It wants to Mm. debate opinions, ideas. It wants to argue whatever it is. But but there are certain things that that we can do, and this is why we talk about this, while we're here in the land of the living that we're not going to be able to do this. Once our spirit leaves these physical bodies. Right. In other words, once we move on, we lose the opportunity to transcend the natural, don't we? Mm. I mean, there's no natural to transcend in the uh, a million years from now. <laughs> That's here while we're on the planet Earth. And so there's an opportunity and it's unique and it's dynamic and it's wonderful and beautiful that we should accept the challenge of while we're here. Do you think that we're that we carry these um experiences of transcending the natural with us into eternity? Does that stay with our spirit? Absolutely. And it it, it does it in a way that uh, the nurturing of a seed of a of a tree in the soil stays with it for the mm-hmm. life of that tree as it continues to grow. From the ground the up. fertile soil yeah. is so vitally important. And it's it's so vital that we transcend the natural. That we awaken to observe the ego as something that's separate than our higher selves. That you become an observer of that thing like we started off talking about today. Mm -hmm. You're observing uh, the challenges of the ego rather than being challenged by the ego. Mm -hmm. And so in the observational world of quantum mechanics, we were all created in the exact same image of the first creator. I mean, we were formed in the superposition of like kind believers. Whatever you think about, whatever you desire, that is the thing that's going to show up in your life for you. What we believe attracts the mass of our expectations, both good and bad. And so the development of our desires, it can only occur on this amazing planet that we have found ourselves to be uh, positioned on. It can only happen here on this planet of of exploration where there is an opportunity for once in an eternity of development of our higher consciousness. So what we're doing here right now is so, so important. And this arena exists only while we embody the natural state of being in this natural world with the natural consequences of our beliefs. So... While you are here wondering what to do about the neighbor who takes your newspaper or what to do about being cut off in traffic or what to do about your dog that won't stop stop barking while having this ability to transcend over the ego to change what we choose to think about, 
to learn how to control our emotions. This playground of nerve-wracking choices, they're only here. They're only on planet Earth. And it's here that all of us set a course for the eternal existence of our conscious life. In other words, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. Without iron, there will be no sharpening. So a creative bias requires the anomalies of this world for there to be an eternal course for experiencing the expanding life, the expanding universe. To not live is to be closed-minded. It's to receive. To receive more life is to be open to more life. More life requires the faith of a child. Stagnation uh, to diminish does not require uh, openness in the faith of a child. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is actually a quantifiable expanding amount of positive energy that attracts more life, which cannot have an ending, by the way. Life cannot be death. No more than death can be life. Isn't it interesting that the Bible instructs humans not to fear more than anything else written in in all of the Bible? It actually says to fear not 365 times. Wow. One for each day of the year. (laughs) One for each fear. (laughs) Each day of the year. Each fear. For each day. I never even thought about that. 365 times, one for every day of the year. Wow. And But what's really fascinating, other than that, what's really fascinating... <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. You know, hold up here. <laughs> is, is that fear actually has substance. It's not just a feeling. I mean, it is, it's a yeah. belief that attracts like-kind substance. Well, I think that fear, too, it's so, it's so dangerous because it's got so much force behind it. The passion behind fear is so natural, and it can be so huge and overwhelming. Um, if we could apply that same passion and intensity to our positive thinking, it would be, well, the mm. opposite of dangerous. Right. The, the, the fear has the substance, and like you say, that it has the the passion. It is the, the kinetic energetics that give it the momentum and the velocity to yeah. manifest quicker than anything that you would probably yeah. positively hope for. It'll manifest some form of what is feared to come against the person who fears, the person who habitually worries, the one who complains about just about everything. Fear creates a kinetic belief for those who use their creative authority to negatively judge other people. And what they judge other people uh, about, they themselves will become some form of that negative thing. This is quantum physics. And we're, we're talking about here how to set the course of our lives, of our day, yeah, and actually how to set the course of our eternal existence forever and ever and ever as spiritual beings. That's how this works. There's actually nothing more important because this is the very thing that brings the reality of life into our lives to the point where no one can ever take this away from us. There's a truth that you say many times, and, and I think it can be... Uh overlaid with so much in life and that's the phrase nothing stays the same and i use that in my process my mental processing all the time um because when you overlay that with everything you were just saying for example we're always increasing or diminishing we're always going toward fear or toward belief and positivity and i think uh you know finally accepting once and for all that there really is no neutral gear in life is very important to our success because you're either sliding backwards or you're pushing and you're you're having to you know sort of 
uh, dig deep and and that's why it's so important to nip things to grab them to grab a fearful thought the within the m- first millisecond of it entering your mind you have to grab it and put it into submission because it does metastasize and it does slide so quickly um but nothing's staying the same i mean that that's a huge part of this we're always setting a course aren't we Yes. With a, a good course or a bad one, a, uh, something for the better or something for the worse. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, understanding and, and realizing the reality of harboring that negative thought, wrestling with those negative things, you're creating your tomorrow. You're creating your future. Yeah. And because nothing does stay the same, <laughs> it increases. It either continues along a a good path or a bad one. I think one of the biggest keys to overcoming fear is being uh, willing to, to look a little cra- crazy. You know, when a fearful thought <laughs> pops in, you know, you are the person in the grocery store going, no, nope. <laughs> I don't right. think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, you think they think you're talking to the cereal, but you're just dealing with something or, or like and that's okay. <laughs> the, the, the new movie that's coming out called Nope. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see, <laughs> I don't see that, I don't think but I, I love either. the name. It's wildly appropriate. Um, but you know, casting down is a, is, I have to say a very, for me anyways, it's, it's actually quite a, especially if I'm alone, it's a very physical pursuit. Um, so, yeah. So understanding that we're setting a course, then the power of creation and the authority of the love and the light of spirit can be so solidified in a person's life that there's not anyone that can take it away from you. They just can't do it. And so we stop wrestling with the ideas and opinions and thoughts of other people that want those egos that will come in to reset the course for your destination. That becomes the challenge of living this life. Well, and that goes right back to what you um, sort of began with by talking about us being observers. And that being this, the huge part of this is, you know, allowing things, allowing people to be, allowing people to have their opinions and their experiences. Because, you know, the, the word that keeps coming up today is you. You, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. I mean, this is our experience. You're having your own experience. This is all about you, you know, and it's, it's okay to make, make this about us, to make it about yourself. It not only is it okay, but that it's is vital. the way. <laughs> because once, and we, we're talking about stirring this up, listening to these conversations. That's why it's so important to, you know, to get into these podcasts, read material, listen to other podcasts, whatever whatever you can find that's teaching these principles to stir yourself up yeah. in that. Because once this has been revealed to you, there is no one that can take it away. You see, that's the power of identity. Yes. That's beautiful. Isn't that great? Because, okay, so that's the power of identity. And then knowing that spirit comes first, the spirit is always first. And that's the leader, you know, what good or bad. It's the leader to what's to come. It's going to be like the foreshadowing, really, because it's the cause and effect. Um, But I just love how that points to the power of, for lack of a better phrase, being your own biggest fan, you know, reinforcing the way that you see yourself, that you are beautiful, that you are wonderfully made, that you are intelligent, that you are on the right course, you're doing the right thing, that you you are walking in love and you're receiving love and you're sending that out and receiving it back every single day. And you're not all the negative things that people have tried to say about you your entire life, um, just because no one would is willing to celebrate you since the day you were born until decades into your life. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You don't need it. 
You don't need it because that identity is coming from you. It's what you say about yourself. It's what you say. We have to know who we are. Yes. You get to be successful and we, not to be a victim. We have to know who we are. And that's what that's what's really hitting me between the eyes right now is, you know, it's really cute to say, I don't care what other people think. Well, then do it. It's one thing to say it, but to live it, mm-hmm. to live it mm-hmm. requires that mm-hmm. constant running inner dialogue of self-appreciation and self-love and self-gratitude and you know call it selfish call it whatever you need to as long as you get it done sure so somebody's sitting there going (laughs) well okay i i uh, believe it and i know there's power in identity so who am i great but what a great start that's a good place to start. Good job. Start with three <laughs> words. Start with I don't know. Yeah. Because then you're open with you're open to this to to the truth of your yeah. your identity to be revealed to you. Well, and what's so beautiful and wonderful about a question like that is that your creator will show up every single time to give you the answer if you ask the question. And <laughs> The person that your creator knows and believes and the way that your creator sees you, mm-hmm. um, that's the goal. So the answer is going to be perfect. And here's part of it. <laughs> and here we go. And coming because, up next. <laughs> because look, look, yes. look, human beings have dominion over the world, over the physical realm. In the book of Psalms, the Bible talks about the stars that God made in all that he made in the universe and says that all the works of his hands and handiwork have been put under the foot of humans and under the dominion of humankind. Mm. So here's what first happened in the natural world. The creator created a physical human body, not a human being, but a human body made from the same elements as that of the earth. Our physical bodies are made of energy at a pretty basic level. We're we're just made of atoms, which are made of electrons and protons and and neutrons. And those protons and neutrons, which hold the bulk of our mass, are made of a trio of fundamental particles called quarks. But like everything (laughs) else in this universe, we are made up of almost entirely 99.9999999% empty space. There's some great jokes in there. <laughs> so, in, in, in other words, if the nucleus of an uh, atom were the size of a peanut, the atom itself would be about the size of a baseball stadium. Yeah. If we lost, Amazing. if we lost all of the dead space inside of our atoms, the actual stuff of me and you would be able to fit into just the tiniest little particle of dust. But now, not only that, but the entire human species of the planet would fit into the volume of one sugar cube. And that's it. That's pretty insignificant, isn't it? Oh, come on. So, yeah, so, so where does all of our mass come from? It comes from energy. Mm-hmm. Energy. Scientists now believe that almost all of the mass of our bodies, all of the mass of anything that appears solid, comes from the kinetic energy of quarks and, and the binding energy of gluons. We're energy. We're just, if, if you took away the little tiny little bit of mass, we would just be these light walking around. That's all, that's all there is, energy. Now, you may be thinking, well, now, if, hold up, if all of the atoms in the universe, <laughs> hold up just a minute. If all of the atoms in the universe are almost entirely empty space, why does anything feel solid? Because the idea of empty atoms just somehow huddling together 
composing our bodies and appearing like uh, buildings and trees and, and Megan and Steve, all that just gets a little bit weird. And if our atoms are mostly <laughs> space, why can't we pass through things like ghost people in, in a strange ghost world? I mean, these, are, why, well, these are valid questions. Yeah, because, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking your jokes yeah. from you. I mean, why don't You're taking our, my questions. Why don't our cars just fall through the road and right on through the center of the earth and right out the other side of the, the planet? Why don't our hands just float through other people's hands when we give them high fives? Well, how do my particles know that they're Megan? How does that even happen? <laughs> Who are you to even wonder that? <laughs> because because Who are you to wonder? empty space <laughs> is actually full wave functions and invisible quantum fields. One way to think about the empty space is in an atom is just imagine an electric fan that has rotating blades in it. Mm-hmm. When the blades aren't moving, when they're not in motion, you can tell that most of what's inside of the fan is just empty space. There's maybe three little blades in there, but it's all empty. When the blades aren't in motion, you can tell that most of what's inside of the fan is, is just nothing there. And so you can put your hand in there in between the blades and move, move around in the nothingness. But then when you turn the fan on, it's, it's a completely different story. If you put your hand into the so-called empty space, the moving blades are going to swing around and they will smack your hands. Mm-hmm. And they look solid. And it looks solid. And, well, in the same way, electrons have no volume, but they do have something called a wave function, which occupies most of an atom. And that's what makes quantum mechanics so weird and freaking strange because now the electron, which has no volume, is somehow at the same time simultaneously everywhere in that block of space. The blades of the fan are just like electrons that are zipping around the atom, occupying blocks of space with their wave functions. So what might seem like empty space can feel pretty darn solid. But now here's the reality. You and I, Meg, we've never really touched anything in our lives. You're not actually scratching your nose right now. No, no one has. Hit it, it's worse. No one has ever touched anything. Wow. Okay, are you sitting down for this? Because the reality is, you can't sit down. Your butt can't actually touch the chair that you think you're sitting on. Since since the I mass, might lay, I might lay down. <laughs> well, since since the mass of my atoms is nestled away within within a nuclei, when I touch someone or something, I'm not actually feeling their atoms. What we're feeling is the electromagnetic force of our electrons pushing away their electrons. It's kind of like trying to push two opposing magnets together. The opposing force, now it feels solid, even though the force is not solid. So on a a, a very technical level, we're not actually sitting on these chairs. We are slightly hovering over them. So while the human body is necessary for our spiritual being to have a natural experience, what we can actually see is just a misleading collection of empty spaces on an empty planet in an empty universe. (laughs) But at least I can wear a big hat. (laughs) It's not touching your head, though, which is empty, (laughs) as we now know. Oh, Maggie, Maggie, oh man, Maggie. Big, so, big finish. So, but, yeah. No, but seriously, a couple, a couple things that that are I'm loving. Um, 
you know, as kinetic believers, we love to, and we and we do have, I think, a spiritual understanding of uh, vibrational frequencies. But I feel like you're you're sort of giving us the minutia and a deep, deep, deep micro understanding of what it means when we talk about vibration and frequency, um, because I assume that that's what causes, you know, one set of particles to look different. I mean, why aren't you a couch? You know. Is it your right, frequency? Right, um, right. Is your is it your vibration? Mm-hmm. And so, and then the second thing that I really am, I'm just loving, and I'm excited to take with me today, is a deeper knowing of the the malleability of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, seeing ourselves and our surroundings as something that is, is truly liquid, something mm-hmm. that is truly malleable mm-hmm. by our words, by our bias, because we are the um, Oh, darn it. The super... Position? Thank you. Yes. We are super positioned Mm -hmm. to um, manipulate the malleable. And so Uh, being able to to imagine it and see it in these ways Mm -hmm. and to see things how they really are, uh, whoa, you know, let's supercharge our beliefs all of a sudden. So could it be that the malleability of the universe actually gives us a portion of our identity? Because what's really going on here? Who am I that I can even wonder who am I? (laughs) Well... I mean, <laughs> take it away. No, oh, you, so no, but spirit, but, that, yeah, but that's, that's why right. you started off by, right. by talking about spirit. The Bible says that spirit put life into the body. Yes. Quantum mechanics calls it the bias of creation. Well, in the creation story, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's this whole beautiful, I don't know what it is, what the passage is. I just know it's amazing. I love the passage that says, you know, life was breathed into us. It's almost like this breath of life has been passed down from the first breath of God, of our creator. And it's just, you know, sort of sung through the generations and it's sung through this time. The Bible says spirit breathed life into the body and that the body was a dead thing. Mm. And so what we know is that the spirit of a human being is the real person and the light and the life of the creative spirit is the life-giving source of human beings. For example, no person has any intuitive lack of knowledge regarding what they need for life. We breathe without thinking about it. You know, I need to breathe. Babies cry for food. They, They know. So we are a type of a type. All things are. We were created to live in the likeness of the living source. And so if I function in kinetic belief, I'm living my life by choosing my beliefs on purpose without misidentifying myself as something that I'm not. And I have to say, I love, I love, I want to grab onto that phrase. We were made to live in the likeness of living source. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, now there's your identity. And I think mm-hmm. that also points to why, you know, when we're not operating in the fullness of our abilities and the fullness of what we were created to be, that's why we are depressed. And that's right. why we're sad right. because, you know, we're, we're trying to use mm. these bodies in a way that they were never meant to be used. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was created in the image of the one that created me. Mm. Can you imagine God going hungry? Can you see God without wow. enough to eat? Wow. Well, of course not. If the spirit of creation needed more of anything, well, you would imagine that it would just create more, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, that is the way that we were created. Human beings are made in the image and likeness of a spirit with creative bias. We are spirits with the ability to desire, and it's the substance of our beliefs that establish molecular wave functions that have dominion over all other things. 
And it's our molecular wave functions of bias that give us dominion over this universe. Mm. Now, here's where things really start to get interesting, though. <laughs> Here? <laughs> Here, because all of that shallow, superficial stuff. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This, this is what really oh, gets man. down to the crux of it all. Okay. When the process of our wave functions first happened within humans on the earth way back when it was by their kinetic beliefs that caused this world to feed them and to take care of them in every imagined way i mean people didn't even realize they were naked the corruption of deception took thousands of years to interrupt a perfectly created molecular wave function to begin to manifest death and destruction in the earth mm. But then slowly but surely, the ego of human beings became enticed by the consequences of uh, ulterior motives, by what they could see. And then they stopped using their positive dominion and, and their creative authority for good things. And when a person stops using the light and the love of their creative authority, they begin to manipulate the world and, and all the people around them. What a great concept that uh, people for hundreds of years, they lived to be in their hundreds because they didn't know any better. <laughs> That's amazing. To a thousand. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. But this is where failure and defeat first became an option. Yeah. Because it wasn't until people lost their desire for a perfect life, they lost it to fear. To, be, to being afraid that what could be might not happen for them. That is the very moment when things changed. And fear entered into the earth, into the imaginations of the human being's creative spirit. And then what seemed like, you know, all of a sudden the spirit in human beings became limited, cut off. What happened is the lower state of consciousness, the ego, it, the ego began to reason with perfection. And now where there was double-mindedness, a spiritual death, an unawakened state of being became uh, lodged inside. And the ego became this optional way of experiencing the world. Yeah. Like whack-a-mole. Yeah. Living by what you see. Now, you know, it's easy to imagine what happened in the evolutionary process of ego. The pure essence of light got turned off and the fullness of inner creative power was extinguished. By reasoning. By reasonings. Wow. And so there was no longer any ability to imaginatively create from within. In fact, there was only the ability to copy, just to copy what already existed as imitators. And if the ground would produce fruit and sustenance, it would have to be done now, not by the creative ability from within, but by the scratching of the very hands and the, the sweat of humanity's brow. Things changed. It became hard and difficult. Thorns entered in. Things became very, very difficult. They had to make the ground produce now because humans had been energetically cast down to a level of reasoning, to the labor of seed, time, and harvest. So people began to manipulate the environment. Well, and this gives a sort of a different perspective on the phrase life expectancy, um, and not just for how long you're going to live, but for what your life is going to be yeah. like, because, yes. and, and that's, that plays into as well, you know, being aware of what you have been um, influenced to believe. If you have, you know, oh my goodness, if you are, if you were able to grow up in a, in a household where they taught kinetic belief, whoa, 
good for you. <laughs> but that's not the case for most people. So being aware of what we've been conditioned to expect, um, the, the type of life, the type of labor, the length of life, um, that being aware of that is, is very, very important. That's good, isn't it? Life expectancy. Life expectancy. Because actually, the Bible says a curse had been put on the human spirit. Mm. So what did this change in the ability to perf- to to perfectly use the power of kinetic belief what how did what what were the results of all this all of a sudden the children of spirit or you could say the offspring of god spirit's creation has been once removed from perfection from alignment with source mm. Doubt and uh, worry and fear had entered into consciousness. And until then, the earth, the universe, was under the positive dominion of the human spirit. That was, the, that was first. The Bible called it the Garden of Eden, but it was the first condition. And then when the transcended spirit of humans became uh, blinded by reasonings, double-minded by doubt, and restricted by fear... The pure essence of creative authority was made subject to fear. And so now the human spirit was no longer aligned with the creator. The creative spirit could no longer do anything without these severe limitations. But now remember, pure consciousness, pure spirit doesn't manipulate. In fact, it cannot manipulate because manipulation comes from reasonings, doesn't it? And reasonings have got to take into account the risks of failing. Reasonings um, will take into account, you know, the potentiality of manifesting whatever is feared. And to do that, a person has got to imagine a potentially negative outcome. And to do that is to lose your identity to the thing that is feared, rather than standing on what is hoped for, um, having done all else while continuing to stand. Well, and and this is this is a fascinating topic. This concept of manipulation versus bias, because one is natural and one is correct, mm-hmm. and one is the original intention, and the other is forced, and 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 it's quite it's actually impossible for that to have negative outcomes. That's why mm-hmm. if you know a manipulative person, the outcome is all is never good. It's never pure. It's never right. Mm-hmm. And so, as kinetic believers. You know, always going down the path of true um, uh, bias and and understanding how we're able to um, morph our life into the path that we want is is that distinction that you're getting into right now is is really fascinating. It's it's learning in a way to operate as though the negative does not exist. Mm, yes, and so the pure essence of creative spirit is absent any form of worry, doubt, and fear. And the entirety of the universe is expanding toward perfected completion under the direction of the light and love of the spirit, which is the desire of God. Mm. All things that are reasoned with outside of transcendent consciousness are subject to decay. They're absent the creative energy of light and love. And so now we can see why someone would say, well, if spirit is light and love and spirit created all things, I wonder why God lets wars continue to happen. It's easy to see that. Yeah. Look, God doesn't. There's not anything the original creator can do about it. Because the universal spirit, the quantum physical evidence, indicates that God created human beings 
with the authority in the earth to do something about destructive forces. And the ego of humanity cannot do anything about it. Well, you can't have, you know, half free will. You can't have partial free will. It's all right. or nothing. So we have to, for our experience to be authentic. Right. Yeah. Well, and so the unawakened lower state of human beings has an identity crisis. Yeah. The ego only knows how to react to what's already happened. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's this high level of tolerance for destruction on the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to wonder why policies were put into place for protecting people only after people had been harmed by something. I mean, because, it's because yeah. the ego only knows how to react. When I was in my early 20s, I was working as a news director for a television station. And one morning, there was this guy that came in and complained about it. He thought Pat Robertson, a televangelist, was spying on him through his television set, who happened to be on overnight at the station. And so he took our receptionist hostage and took her home with him oh and gosh. said he was going to keep her and until... Pat Robertson promised not to spy on him through his TV set anymore. Wow. Well, the the long, the short story of a long story, or the short end of it, however you say that, right. was that the uh, station owners came in and put in security systems and and uh, security guards and new doorways, just completely secured the station, which had not been secured before that. The ego only knows how to react did, to things. Did he let her go? He let her go. Okay. But so here we are in the, the current age of enlightenment, which is unfolding right now, is going to bring with it a world that's being governed under the power of positive kinetic beliefs, the power of God, the power of higher consciousness, mm-hmm. and the knowledge of the truth which, sets, which, which will set humanity free. But this is the way the collective is supposed to be ruling this earth with the love of spirit and the expectations of gratitude because it takes the casting down of negative imaginations because right now the ego is ruled by whatever bad thing is happening or is imagined to be happening next. Well, and this is such a, an amazing thing to think about as a kinetic believer because we, we've been talking a lot today about the individual, but now we're sort of gearing up and, and talking about the power of the individual as a part of the larger collective, the collective of kinetic believers, the the power of, of us positively imagining and anticipating and expecting um, today and, and everything that's to come. Well, it comes from transcending. It comes from the good thing comes from being awakened, from meditating on the higher perspective, because there is the those that are unawakened and that are it's still in ego, and mm. then the, those that are transcendent. There's actually a verse in the Bible in Ephesians 3 9 that says, To make all people see what is their part of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden in God. Mm. And so the things that we're talking about, the Creator Spirit has been made a secret to those in, in ego. It cannot be known to the unawakened, to those that are operating in ego. If the ego became enlightened and still remains the ego, could you imagine? I mean, it would turn that which is meant for good into these eternal weapons of mass destruction. Mm. So the power of creative authority was hidden. Now, there have been prophets that have caught small glimpses of it. Abraham had a glimpse of it. I mean, they'd get insights of it, and they'd write it down just enough to keep everybody going in the right direction and headed toward being fully empowered in a transcended state of consciousness because that was the thing at the center 
of this mystery. You know, you always hear about great analogies of offense and defense. And and this really does feel like you're telling us to live a life um, of when, where we're on the offense. Because in ego, you're defensive. You're always, like you're saying, you're always reacting. You're just reacting to, it's always a, a second too late and it's never correct. And so the kinetic believer, you know, we're, le- we're living a life of leadership. We're living a life of, of blazing trails, uh, trails that maybe were never even there to begin with, like, you know, uh, off-road, living off-road like we've talked about before. Um, but I just love that because, you know, kinetic believers, we, we live a life in an alpha position of our own life. Well, and it seems very mysterious to people that are that have not transcended. Right. It seems like foolishness to those that are steeped in ego. Mm. Because the mystery, by the way, yeah. is what religion calls the plan of redemption. The way for the human spirit to overcome death and the destructive forces of decay. Hmm. And wow. Ephesians 3.10 says, His intention is that now the powers in heavenly places might be known by human beings. The manifold wisdom of God. We're meant for this. We're meant for this. We were never meant for the other. Yeah. And so every person, look, every person has the ability to overcome the obstacles of the lower life of ego and to understand these things because we are all created in the image of the Creator. In other words, we're now living in an age where this is no longer a mystery that's been hidden from people. And in the same way that physicists are being awakened by particle collider results at CERN, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, I has not seen nor ear heard what God has in store for those that love, but it has been revealed to us by the Spirit. So what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter if you're a particle physicist or not. This is something that we all know because it's sown into the subconscious and it's revealed to those who look for it. Those who say, well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? To ask the question. That ask the question. Because it's either through the pages of the Bible or the stars of the universe. It will be revealed. Mm. And so the spirit of life that upholds all things and reveals these things so that we can know who we are and how to operate. So we can know how to set our spiritual eyes on what's above and not be moved by what we see in the natural. And when we learn to think and speak and act in accordance with our highest expectations, the power of our kinetic beliefs manifests and the world around us changes. Circumstances change. Uh, relationships change. Our health changes. Our expectations change. Our, the abundance of our prosperity, it all changes. It has to change. So we're, now we're beginning to see why we were created to live in the present moment of right now. Because the wisdom and the love and of higher consciousness doesn't intend for any of us to sit by and just let our best life be stolen out from under our feet. Mm. All of us were created to be capable of not failing. With the authority to manifest our way to an abundant way of living, manifesting healing and prosperity and happiness and joy and, and this wonderful, peaceful existence. 
All of us were created and placed on this earth with the authority to attract our highest desires and to grow and develop. And very early on, people use that authority to go out there and just imagine destruction and imagine the worst thing and to gossip and talk about the horrible things that could happen and were happening. But look, we still have that higher consciousness and it's on the inside of each one of us right now. And we have to do the work. I mean, I've got to unlearn how to fail. I have to unbecome reasonings on why I believe I should be sick or why I have to, you know, I'm going to have to work to cast down fear-based imaginations. I have to stop considering what it's like to be broke and disgusted. Well, something that's washing over me is how we really all have the same amount of, uh, I guess you could call it maybe thought or mental currency. Um, you, you can't, you can only have so many thoughts in a day. And so we have, we're, we do have a limit to what we're able to imagine as for not, not what we can't imagine, but the amount of time spent doing that. And so that makes it so important. You know, what are you, you know, spending that mental currency on every single day, because you do have a limited amount day after day after day. And those are building blocks. You know, we're building our life as we, as we devote thoughts and we devote imaginations to certain things. And so, you know, when you're thinking about uh, some horrible thing that happened in the news, you're choosing to spend that money, to spend that currency, if you will, on the negative thing, instead of the positive thing that could be working toward your good and working toward your your good outcome. And by recognizing that we are able to choose our thoughts or whatever thoughts we are going to allow to be put into the wheelhouse, now all of a sudden you become set free from those things which will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Medical science says that the human physical body is totally recreated every 7 to 11 years. <laughs> now think about that. In other words, every cell is reproduced and recreated. And there's no real physical, natural, and scientific reason for the physical body to die if it's never injured or hurt. Mm. So scientifically, something else must be going on. Wow. In other words, the body should live forever, but it doesn't. It doesn't because spiritual death came on the inside of the physical body that caused dysfunction in it, that attracted and manifested death. The essence of life was stopped. The life-giving source, the power of the life of creation was stopped. And a spiritual death will not produce more life. It can't. It produces decay and destruction. It's like kind after like kind. Actually, the Bible says the first humans that were created in the image of God, it took them a thousand years to learn how to die. <laughs> Journal every day to imagine who you really are. Created in the image of all things being possible and meditate on that eternal truth. Mm. Yes. Or just do like Virginia Woolf wrote at a room of one's own. She said, whatever it takes, lock up your libraries if you like. But there is no gate, no lock, no bolt that you can set upon the freedom of my mind. Mm. Because the the knowledge of the truth is what sets the mind free again. It's not by chance that, Meg, you and I are talking about these things today or that whomever's listening to this right now is listening. By no longer accepting the lower life standard, by yielding to the original plan of abundant living, by seeking the love and light of God, every one of us can begin living days of heaven on the earth right now. 
and keep on keeping on until we just zap on out of here, fully embodied as spiritual beings, continuing to live our best lives forever. Mm. Well, let's do some highest viewpoints. Oh. Let's get it out of yeah. us. <laughs> And yes. <laughs> just say say this out loud. Say, I am fearless. I am fearless. I kinetically believe right now. I kinetically believe right now. Unwaveringly. Unwaveringly. To take action right now. To take action right now. Because I am set free from the fear of sickness. Because I am set free from the fear of sickness. <laughs> and I am free from ideas of failure. I'm free from ideas of failure. I am so confident. Mm, I'm so confident. And I'm totally determined. And I am totally determined. To be the best version of me. To be the best version of me. So I continue to push. And so I continue to push. Such is the way of my advantage. Such is the way of my advancement. And I want everybody to know. And I want everyone to know. Because I'm staying persistent. I am staying persistent. Failure does not exist in my beliefs. Failure does not exist in my beliefs. And I fully accept challenges. And I fully accept challenges. Every challenge. Every challenge. With enthusiasm. With enthusiasm. And the confidence of victory. And the confidence of victory. Because all things. All things. Are fun. Are fun. <laughs> I am fearless. I'm fearless. I have no fear. I have no fear. Since I have no fear. And since I have no fear. I don't fear. I don't fear. <laughs> I always take action. I always take action. That's in alignment. That's in alignment. With my kinetic beliefs. With my kinetic beliefs. And I do it. And I do it. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. Or any fear. Or any fear. I always succeed. I always succeed. Because my journey of love. Because my journey of love. Is my success. Is my success. Wow. I'm so excited, Steve, to go out into today, into the real world and, um, you know, just see everything as not nailed down, as malleable, something that I can easily alter as a kinetic believer. Mm. Will you carry my backpack for me this evening? You got it, because I can take everything out. It's malleable. Mm. <laughs> I can change it. <laughs> wow, really, really cool podcast. Um, kineticbelief.com is the website if you want to grab the journal there. It, maybe it's your sixth or seventh one. <laughs> I don't even know what number I'm on now. Um, but that's at kineticbelief.com. And send a text to 844-844-0049 if you want to send, receive the occasional text message from Stephen. Um, they are always encouraging, and um, and they're not just random text messages, are they? No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> hey, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not any of that. <laughs> right. Well, and with the fullest, most um, pure intention of my heart right now, I am sending out mm -hmm. much light yes. and much love to all you KBs all around the world. And we're sending it right back to you, Stephen. And thanks as usual, and especially today, for um, just all the, all the wisdom. And, and I want to recognize right now how much um, time and energy and love that you put into the preparation of these podcasts and the mindfulness of us and all the kinetic believers around the world. And we're just deeply, deeply grateful for that. And so sending much love back mm -hmm. to you. Oh, thanks. thanks as usual for all the wisdom. Bye.